Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast coming to you live from Emergency Nursing 2019 in Austin, Texas. This is Dan Campana, Senior Manager for PR, PR and Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association. Welcoming back our regular listeners and offering a greeting to our new listeners who may just be downloading us for the first time, joining the thousands of other downloads we've had since we launched earlier this year. Uh, this episode is coming to you from Austin, and we've got a speaker today who really talked on the clinical side, but brought it from a very different angle in a session that was packed literally to the walls in two rooms. Gina Carbino, welcome to the ENA podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Gina, I didn't even want to try to preview your topic. I want you just to tell us the title and give us that background of how in the world you ended up talking about what you did today. So name of your, t- your session today was? It was Death Row, What We Can Learn from Nurse Serial Killers. So that's going to put some, some butts in seats, just putting that out there. How did you get to the point where this was a topic that you wanted to talk about? And how did you get to the point to put on a presentation like you did today? So I love toxicology, and I started looking into one of the most common, what are the most common drugs that cause overdoses, and what are the antidotes or reversal agents? And then I stumbled across a case where a nurse was using beta blockers to kill people, and I was like, wow, this is cool. (laughs) And from there, I learned that it is, there's about 27 or 29 nurse serial killers. I'm finding more um, the more I do research, and so my talk was a deep dive on the top five and the pharmacology behind the agents that they used. So give us a little bit of your background. Uh, Was this something that was kind of destined for you to go and look into because you talked about your interest in pharmacology, but what's your background in in terms of emergency nursing? So I've been in emergency nursing or surrounded by emergency nursing for the past 20 years. Um, I do have forensics background. I'm SANE certified. I've worked as a SANE nurse for most of that time. Um, I was the statewide forensic nurse coordinator for the state of South Carolina for a couple years. Um, Now I've moved back home to a small town in upstate New York where I'm the clinical education manager, and I call um, Champlain Valley Physicians Hospital home now. Okay. So this could have gone really dark, but you really did find a blend here. So you're talking about these these individuals. You're talking about what you found in your research, their stories, their, you know, sort of their, their the genesis of who they are and how they got to this point. And then you tie it back to the pharmacology. Talk about the structure of that and why that's the best way to tell this so it's not just uh, serial killer porn sort of thing. Well, and then that's exactly it. I just didn't want it to be like this macabre hot topic. I really wanted nurses to be able to go and take something from it. So the pharmacology behind meds that we give as emergency nurses every day, we give potassium, we give insulin, we give beta blockers every day. So I wanted them to be able to take something back to their shop besides a cool story about (laughs) serial killers. So you talk about the top five and the numbers for some of them are, are staggering and some of those numbers aren't even necessarily the full extent of some of the things that they've done. Among these five, what are some of the things that you took away in learning about, you know, because it's not just all about backstory, it's not just about access, but there's a lot of different things that sort of bring them all together outside of what they've done, right? 
Yeah, I think it's what's really interesting is, of course, there's, this is, again, this is a very rare occurrence. Nurse serial killers is not, we're not going to listen to this podcast and go back to our shops and find a nurse serial killer in our shop. It's extremely rare. It's less than a fraction of 1%. We're talking about 0.0001 of the nursing profession. So again, I think that we need to be mindful that there's not nurse serial sure. killers lurking around out right. there all over the place. But it does happen, and there's some trends that occur with nurse serial killers. And one of the trends is the frequent um, shop hopping. So when heat gets on or the mortality rate rises at one hospital, they can easily transfer to another hospital, especially if we're looking at like compact states in the, in the United States. We have a good portion that are compact states. I think we're up to like 34, 36. Don't quote me on that where you can work in any of those states. So it makes it very easy for somebody sure. to travel. The other thing that kind of perked my interest is the amount of travel nursing that we have right now. Sure. Um, now, now there has not been a travel nurse that has been found to be a Correct. serial killer, but it just kind of got my mind thinking like, oh, this is really a provocative topic. And the access to critical care and emergency nurses to very, very sick patients who are in that peri-arrest phase and access to um, lethal drugs. So... A lot of these people, in, in the way you describe their story, they didn't do this because they were in healthcare or because they were in nursing. There were obviously some other issues, whether it's uh, behavioral health or uh, you know things that go back into their childhood and things of that nature. So that's part one. So the second part of this is what they were using. And I heard insulin talked about a lot. What is the value in being able to share that? Because is it beyond just saying you're not just out there looking for serial killers in your, your ED, but here's a drug that is used very commonly, you know, every single day. So being careful in usage, is that a message, a takeaway? You're looking at how these things are being used in your everyday practice? I do think it's, it's, a, it's a takeaway message that insulin is a very powerful drug. It's a lethal drug. There are a lot of regulations already put in place at hospitals where you do need to have that second nurse verifier to sure. verify your um, dose of nursing. And I think one of the things that um, I hope people take away from that is the importance of that second verifier. Sometimes we get, and I don't want to say we get lazy because it's definitely not laziness, but we get so busy in in um, the theater of emergency nursing. We have nine patients and two crashing patients and a mental health patient that we're boarding and maybe even a really sick peed that we don't take that those extra steps that are there to protect our patients. You talked about five in particular out of this group that may be approaching 30. Uh, which one of those five do you, when you tell that story, does it strike you most in terms of the sort of the horror behind it that somebody could have done this for a, to the quantity they did or for the duration of time? What, what's the one of the five that, you know, you would want to just highlight a little bit here? So that would definitely be um, Orville or Lynn Majors, as he preferred to be called, that um, called Clinton, Indiana, his home. And um, he murdered 137 people in less than two years. The gasp that came up when you put numbers like that up. What you know? Do you think this? Is, what, what does that signify to you when you hear people respond to those numbers being put up there in, I, in that audience? I think it's 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 shocking. I think it's shocking to everybody. It's an oxymoron. Nurse serial killers, where for the past twenty years have been the most trusted profession. We our whole life and how we identify ourselves is through our profession, and our profession is being a hero, is saving people. And then when you throw in, you know that that could be 
the dark side of that, you know, we turn Vader and we we're, we're taking out 400 people on the dark side. That's, I think that's really shocking that people are capable of doing something like that. Talk about the research that you did to learn about these people, because there's obviously media attention, which is going to be compacted to a certain degree, especially when there's trials and there's things of that nature. You went much deeper than that to learn. Talk about that. So, and, I, and that's one of the things that I really wanted to put in my lecture was a mix between the sensationalized media approach or what you read in articles or newspapers about these serial killers or just serial killers in general, and then also the the medicine behind it or the pharmacokinetics and the objectiveness behind how these people went about doing what they're doing. And each one of them were, were very sick individuals that had mental health issues leading up to becoming a nurse serial killer. One of the most interesting ones, uh, and, and it was, I believe the one from Canada, where by her actions, some change came out of that. Yes. A positive yeah. thing happened. Mm -hmm. How surprising was that, that to you that this wasn't just about the, the negative that comes out of this when somebody is doing this to patients who are trusting and their families who are trusting this, but something good that came out of it. Talk about that a little. I think it's really... Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting that we, that somebody realized, well, hey, how did she get away with this for so long? How did, how were these behaviors go unnoticed? Where did all, how did nobody hold all of this missing insulin accountable? We're, we're thinking, we're talking about hundreds of units of insulin are missing in a week's period. And so it helped put checks and balances in place. So now we have Pixis's or Omnicells where those medications are counted and we're held accountable if something's missing or a large amount of medicine is missing. So so that's really, really cool that something good did come out of all of these deaths. Is that the most surprising thing that you came across in researching and putting together this presentation? I know because it's the pathology behind the acts that they did. Um, I think that everybody is everybody loves a little bit of macabre. You know, macabre. We have we do we all have Vader inside of us. Right. Um, it's we slow down for those you know traumas or MVCs on right. the roadway, and we and we take a look, and that's why we're drawn to emergency nursing. We love the trauma, right. and that's you can't make true stories up like you can't no amount of fiction is as cool as some nurse rubbing poop on the wall in her first clinical rotation and ending up getting kicked out of nursing school only to be one of the top pediatric nurses in her ICU to kill kids like there's no fiction that is that right. is that sensational so I've heard many times in the two years that I've been with ENA, it's hard to shock an ED nurse. Yeah. Do you think there were some shocked I do. nurses I do. in the room? I think I did it. I did it. <laughs> uh, so uh, Gina Carbino, you know, talking about serial killers and all that, um, what do you think people can take away if they listen to, using Conference on Demand, they listen to your session. Obviously, we had two packed rooms, but this, this presentation will last, you know, move on and last for a while. What do you think people should listen for and what can they take away, you think? I think just knowing that there are nurse serial killers out there, that's, that's important to know and that's an important part of our profession to be on the lookout. Um, the trends that um, those serial killers have to be able to put that package together are some of the things to look for. And then, of course, the pharmacology of those meds that we give every day, potassium, insulin, beta blockers. Um, those are things that we're giving every single day as an emergency nurse. And do we really know the pharmacology behind them and the reversal agents? Well, Gina, it's been a busy afternoon for you, a, a packed room. I know a lot of people coming up to talk to you, take pictures with you, um, walking away from this. You said this was the first time you've done this presentation. Yeah. Um, the feedback you've gotten so far, I, I see a smile on your face. So I, I feel as you took away a lot of good things from what you did in, in your session today. Yeah, I think the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive. I think it was a good mix of 
learning and also a really cool sensational topic. And one of the things you mentioned is that a lot of the information you talked about today, you also share through social media. Where can people find you on social media? Um, my Twitter handle is at G Carbino or just Google Gina Carbino and I'll come up. Okay. Well, Gina, thank you for being here in Austin, Texas for Mercy Nursing 2019. And thank you for spending a little bit of time with us on the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. That'll do it for this episode of the podcast from Austin, Texas. Uh, we'll have more podcasts from Mercy Nursing 2019 coming up. In the meantime, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time.